just worship the Lord today. Amen. Father, we love you. Be in this place today. May you be glorified for who you are. In Jesus' name. Standing here in your presence, thinking of the good things you have done. Waiting here patiently. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I would be hopeless. 
without your goodness i would be desperate without your love slave to the darkness if it was Your kindness chased me down when I was lost. And where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner. Now I'm not.
God, while we are here, Lord, in the good times, we will magnify you. And in the bad times, in the hard times, we will praise you because we know that you are here with us. You never leave us nor forsake us, Father. Forever we will praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. Will not fail me now in the waiting. The same God that never laid is working all things out. You're working all things out.
in the bad times, when we're well, oh God, when we're sick, we will praise you. When things are going good, when they're not going good, we will praise you because you're going to see us through every day, every trial, every moment. Lord, we will praise your name for Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against. I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Cause nothing can stand against. Oh yes, I will get you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name.
Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a praise in the house today? Listen, before you're seated, the Bible says, Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Come on, church. I think we can do a little bit better because the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in our midst today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. You can be seated if you can, and if you want to stay at the altar, that's fine too. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I was thinking about and reading this, and it came in with this song about the greatness of God. We really cannot fathom the real greatness of our God, can we? There is no way that our, our finite minds can grasp or even understand just how great our God really is. And I was thinking about even in this human body that God created. Hallelujah. In our own lungs, you know, he brought breath from the very beginning of time. The Lord said, I will breathe my breath into the and to become a living soul. I will breathe that breath so they can become a living soul. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's continue to pray for this sister before we move on. Glory to God. Sometimes we just need to pause. If somebody needs a prayer, the altars are always open at Calvary. Amen. It's not something that we just say, okay, we're going to take time to do this, this, this. Let's let the Holy Spirit have his way in this place today. Amen. Let's decrease so God can increase. Praise God. Praise God. So if some of you sisters want to pray with this sister, please feel free to do so right now. Praise God. And if you're there at your seat and you don't want to come to the altar, then pray and agree. Sometimes we need a breakthrough. Amen? Some of us are going through some things. Our hearts are heavy. We're burdened. And that's why Jesus says, come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Sometimes we need to come for rest. Physically, mentally, spiritually, God is here to give you that rest. If you need to come on the altars and pray, please do. Won't you play something there? Maybe even sing one more chorus of that great is you, Are You Lord. Amen? Let's do that. The Spirit of God is here this morning. Oh, you're great, Jesus. Oh, we bless your holy name, Jesus. Great are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Oh, Lord, touch this sister, God. Pour into your God. Pour into us, God.
In the name of Jesus. Yes. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Come on, church. It's time that we have a Holy Ghost filled service. Jesus. Jesus. Power of God. the praises of his people.
have your way, Lord. depths of our heart, God, we cry out to you. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful just to be able to express praise with the breath that God gave us? You know, prior to the Lord taking over, I just want to say, He Himself put the breath in your lungs. He breathed the very breath of life into your lungs. And I was thinking, the average person inhales and exhales, think about this, about 24,000 times a day. Inhale, exhale. We don't even think about those kind of things, do we? Did anybody think about that to this morning when you woke up? Oh, I'm going to inhale and exhale an average of 24,000 times today. Now, out of that 24,000 times that I've inhaled and exhaled, how many times did I use breath to praise the Lord? Or why I like the children of Israel, why I complain to him because I didn't feel so good this morning. Ukraine's over getting bombed away. They wish they had a place like this to worship God today. Come on, church. God's been good to us. His mercy endures forever. And it's time that we start coming into this house and lifting up and praising the name of Jesus while I've still got breath. I've got to praise the Lord. I've got to shout to the Lord. I've got to sing to the Lord. I'm not worrying about anybody else around me. I've got to lift up the name that is above every name, and it is the name of Jesus. I'm not preaching this morning. Okay. 168,000 times a week, 672,000 times average a month, 8,064,000 times a year, God graciously gives us breath. And what are we doing with that breath? Come on, we got to evaluate, Lord, what am I doing with all that breath you're giving me? Let me praise you, Lord, while I have my being. Amen. Let me worship you. Let me sing. Listen, we, we, I know. I come in sometimes, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, physically, I may not feel like being here. 
I'm weary and I'm tired. And my wife says, amen. There's times I've been coming home from work and I've been washed out. But God still expects and demands for his children with the breath that they got in their body to lift his name up in praise. When praise goes up, glory of God comes down. When praise goes up, victory comes your way. When praise goes up, healing, signs, wonders, and miracles will begin to take place when we praise the Lord Almighty. I don't know why I've done all that, but it's okay. Got to mind the Lord, don't we? So let's remember that whenever we come into his presence, come with praise. Come with worship. He said he's seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you're saved this morning, you got every reason to praise him. If he didn't do one more thing for me, here's what I've always said, he did it all at Calvary. If he didn't do anything else, that was more than enough to praise him. He gave us eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to go to the Lord in prayer. Let me briefly say real quick, we are still going to be, the women will be meeting here today at 4 o'clock. They're still connecting with God in a guide to prayer. And if there was ever a time, church, we need to be praying. It's now. And, men, we have one more. Say one more. But it's not too late for you to come. We have one more on this coming Wednesday of the Kingdom Man Bible Study uh, put off on a video-driven series by Dr. Tony Evans. Brother Malcolm has been doing a great job leading us into that. And we, I don't know, the men that have been coming, I've been hearing great feedback. Great feedback and saying this has really, really been a tremendous uplifting teaching and a blessing because God needs some Joshua's this day and hour. Amen. He really does. He really needs some Joshua's to rise up and to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Uh, but pay attention when you go out into the um, welcome desk area. It, the items now have been moved over to the wall to your right. There are brochures like this that talks about the men's ministry. There are going to be brochures for the women's ministry. There's going to be announcements and things. By the way, Pastor Kevin and Sister Tina and, and the ones that had anything to do with that done a great job. Thank you for putting all that together. Uh, but we, uh, we're going to pray. We have uh, a request this morning for us to pray for Brother Jim Eastep. Um, he had, had fallen. Is that right, Pastor? He had fallen. And we need to lift him up in prayer this morning as a body of believers and I don't see Brother Kevin here, and uh, we also need to continue to pray that God will bring healing into his shoulder. He's up on his feet now, but now the enemy's attacking his shoulder area. But we know the healer is in the house this morning. Amen. And for anyone else out there that you just have a special need, you need a physical touch in your body, whatever it is, raise your hand. God sees your hand. He knows your heart. And we will pray right now for everyone before the pastor comes. Father, thank you for gifting us with your presence here this morning. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit, Lord, to pour out into this place. And again, we echo the songwriter, Great 
are you, Lord. We will, while we have been, while we have breath, we will praise your holy name. And Father, as we move into this service, God, there are those here this morning with many, many other kinds of needs, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional. Lord, thou knowest the heart of each and individual here. And I pray for every single soul standing in this building. Father, that you would touch their minds, touch their bodies. Lord, revive their spirits, God. Lord, let them know, Heavenly Father, that you are the Savior, you are the healer, and you are the Lord of our lives. And you can raise them up and, Lord, make them whole. Lord, for Brother Step, God, who had this accident, we pray that you would bring your touch, your deliverance, your healing upon his body. For Brother Kevin, Lord, on his shoulder, God, before any other procedures are done, you are the healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God who says, I am the Lord who heals. It is by your stripes that we can say we are healed in Jesus' name. So, Lord, let healing flow all over this place and raise people up to be whole. God, not just to be touched by a, a, a partial touch, but, Lord, you said we can be made whole. So we're believing for whole healing, mind, body, and soul, in Jesus' name, that we will align ourselves with you, God, by faith, and know that we are healed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for our pastor, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this sermon series he's been preaching. We pray right now, God, that you would pour upon him this same Holy Spirit power. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come upon him as he brings forth the manna from heaven that you want us to hear. Lord, let us be able to have our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive what our pastor has for us this morning because we know he's been praying, we know he's been studying, and he wants to you, God, now to speak through him. Do it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you love your pastor this morning, give him a big all, uh, praise this morning. Amen. He's worthy. He's our shepherd. Amen. Amen. I love you, you, brother. Steve. Love you. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a big hand this morning. Amen. How many of you felt the presence of the Lord in the house this morning? Hallelujah. God has been so good and continually blessing our, uh, blessing our church. We've been in this series on uh, the book of Jonah, a little book tucked in the Old Testament. And uh, it's a book of, you can turn my monitors down just a little bit. It's a book tucked back in the Old Testament. It's a book that is uh, a book of the uh, minor prophet. And don't mistake, just because I've said before, because it's a minor prophet and not a major prophet, that it's not very important how God used this minor prophet to bring a revival. And how many believe that God is getting ready to either bring a revival to your own life or the life, how many of you know we need a revival in our own nation, our own city, our own town? And so the last couple of weeks we've actually looked at, last week we looked at uh, what happens in your life and what happens in my life when we walk, the second chapter of uh, Jonah, 
Uh, what happens when you and I walk in deliberately disobedience to God? And so we looked at last week and the first week of what, what all that looks like when we walk in deliberately disobedience to God. And I think we all can say uh, that sometime or another, or maybe even now, that you are deliberately walking in disobedience to God. And we've seen what happens when we choose to do that within our uh, life. So we're going to jump in chapter 3 this morning as we close this series out on the book of Jonah. Next week, I am going to be, as we lead into Easter, next week I'm going to be talking about uh, divine healing. How many of you believe that God still heals today? And he still heals today. And so next week, we're going to dive into divine healing. We see all through the New Testament how God, uh, God heals. So we're going to be starting a new series uh, next week, leading us up to uh, the resurrection and uh, Easter. But as you grab your Bibles, we're going to look in uh, uh, Jonah chapter 3 and starting out in verse 3 and find out that we're going to see here that after Jonah is... Uh, spit up uh, by this large uh, fish that Jonah decides that he is gonna, he's going to obey God now. Now, <clears throat> how many of you like, probably like me, that sometimes God has to get a little, a little tough on you uh, for you to be obedient? Uh, I know my once, again, I know my dad and mom had to be a little tough on me before I would obey. And so God is that way at times in our life because we are his children and he loves us. And so we see in chapter 3 in the book of Jonah that Jonah now has decided that he is going to listen to God. And God gives Jonah a second chance. We're all sitting here this morning because God gave you and I a second chance. And how many of you thank God this morning that you've had a second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, a chance? Uh, we also seen that, that if you do not obey God by your choices, that there are heartaches and painful times in our life. And the people of Nineveh are now... We'll, we'll see, feel the effects of the obedience of this minor prophet. But we also see that God gave them and told uh, Jonah that I'm going to give them 40 days to repent. 40 days I'm going to give them to repent. Uh, how many of you know that in your life, and I know in my life, that God has talked to us about sin in our life, and at times we don't get it out of our life, but once again we come back to the grace of God, and the mercy of God, and the love of God, and how many of you thank God that God gave you more than 40 days to repent? Amen? So we see that Nineveh repents through, uh, through also through fasting. They not only repent, the Bible says, but they repent through fasting. There was some type of action that showed God that they repented. 
How many of you know repentance is more than just lip service? Repentance is from the heart. And we see in Jonah chapter 3 that even the king repented in sackcloth and ashes. And for the king to do that, that showed great, uh, great humility and how thankful the king was and Nineveh was that God showed them his great mercy. And so we also see that there was a city-wide revival that broke out. When, when you and I, when we turn back to God, when a nation returns back to God, when a country returns back to God and they repent, it opens up the door for God to bring revival and a remove a move of His Spirit. Uh, when a person, when a church, when a nation decides that we are going to repent because repentance is what brings revival in our life. Let me say that again. Repentance, Pastor Steve, is what brings revival in our life. So God uses Jonah in this powerful way when Jonah decided by choice that he is going to obey God. And when we decide by choice that we're going to be obedient to God, God is going to forget our past and He's going to move us into the future and He can do great things within our life when we decide that we're going to repent. So what I want to do to, this morning, I want to give you uh, four or five benefits of when we decide that we're going to repent and we're going to obey God. Now, how many of you, like me, uh, you are some like Jonah, that you do struggle, say with me, struggle. Let's say that again. Say with me, struggle. That we struggle at times, don't we, with obeying and hearing the voice of God and doing what He is asking us to do. Like last week. Uh, I, I mentioned, uh, how many of you would say that, uh, you know, there's someone that has done something to me or said something to me that I wrestled with forgiving them? Let me try that again. <laughs> Let me go to this side, okay? <laughs> okay. Now, how many of you on this side would say that you've had Someone to do something to you, and you've struggled with forgiveness in your life. Okay, we're doing a little bit better. But how many of you know that maybe at times like me, I have carried that unforgiveness in my life? And God continually would speak to my heart in my life and deal with me and tap on my shoulder that you are to forgive them. So really, are we any different than Jonah? I mean, God's not going to throw us in the belly of the whale or a big fish, but we are disobedience, and our actions of disobedience is no different if we're disobeying God. So I want to give you some benefits to obeying uh, the voice of the Lord. Let's look at verse 3. It says... 
Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. And he says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I give you. For this time, listen, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command or the voice of the Lord. Say with me, this time. Say that again. Say this time that he decided to obey the Lord. It doesn't matter how many times that we have disobeyed God. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. It doesn't matter how many times that we have disobeyed God or we've walked away from God. We've rebelled or we've sinned or we've went in the opposite direction by even by choice. We serve a God that we see that Jonah said, that we see that the writer said, this time he obeyed God. That God showed his mercy. Somebody needs to hear you. His mercy and his love and his forgiveness, no matter how far. Jonah had ran from God. God didn't run from him. God didn't run from him. Here's the first benefit. When we listen and we obey God, here's the first benefit of living in God's will. How many of you want to live in God's will? God's plan, God's destiny that he has for our life. The first one is I benefit from God's grace. I benefit from God's amazing grace. Let's be honest. You and I are just like Jonah. Grace is God's unmerited favor. I love that, church. Grace is when we receive good things from God when we don't really deserve it. And how many would say, amen, that I have, that I have received so many things in my life? When I didn't deserve it. I've, I've, Brother Wayne, I've either said some wrong things or had wrong attitudes or did wrong things. Or maybe there was some type of sin in my life and God showed me his unmerited grace. And God showed me his, his love. See, when you've been out of God's will and you've walked out of God's will... It, it's God's grace that gives you forgiveness. And it's God's grace, listen, that gives you that second chance. It's the grace of God. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11 says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all the people. It's God's grace that gives you that second chance to get back in God's will. It's actually the grace of God that gives you and I the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. Thank God for His grace. Okay, so if I'm walking God's will, I walk in God's plan, I walk in God's destiny. Listen, it doesn't mean that I am without trouble. It doesn't mean that my life is not going to be without pain at times. It doesn't mean I'm going to live a just a carefree life. But it does mean 
that one of the benefits is that God is going to give me his provision. See, when you do what God asks you to do, and you walk in obedience to his will and calling for your life, God doesn't promise us a carefree life. But Jesus says when you put God first in your life, when you live in his will, that God from that point on is going to provide for all of your needs. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 put it this way. And my God, say my God, shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So when you get back in God's will and you decide to walk in God's destiny and you decide to walk in God's plan, God said, I'm just going to take care of you. God said, I'm going I'm to take care of you, but when you are running from me, when you're being disobedient to me, when you're walking completely away from you, I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to take care of everything in your life because you're walking in disobedience to me. But he says, when you walk in my will, you walk in my plan, you walk in my destiny, I guarantee you that all your needs are going to be met in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Thirdly, others benefit from your obedience. Obedience. See, when Jonah finally steps into God's will, think about this. An entire city was saved. When, when Jonah decided, you know what? I, I, I'm tired of living three days and three nights in the belly of this whale or this big fish. And, and I'm going to now decide that I'm going to obey God through his obedience. Others benefit. Do you know that your family benefits from your obedience? Don't miss this, church. Others benefit from your obedience, especially your family. Mom and dad, listen to this. Grandma and granddaddy, listen to this. Mom and dad, when you obey God, your children get the benefits of you obeying God. I was talking to my mom uh, just this week, and she said, when I, right after I first got saved, the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, Hilda, if you will live for me and walk in my destiny and plan, I will make sure that every one of your kids are saved. And all of us are walking with the Lord now. Why? Because I had a mother and dad that said, I'm going to walk with God, and I'm going to obey God. And us children benefited from their uh, obedience. Uh, I have a brother-in-law that is a, uh, that's, a, that's a pastor. And he told me that, that I have two nieces. And um, both of them are working in ministry now. But when they were younger, uh, one of them would get sick. And uh, then the other one would get sick. And their doctor bills just started climbing and climbing. And, and my brother-in-law said, he said, I just went to the Lord in prayer. What's going on? Every time I turn around, one of my girls are getting sick. And our doctor bills are just, uh, uh, just going out the roof. And he told me that he was in prayer one night. 
And he said, God spoke to his heart. He said, there's an area in your life that I've been dealing with you. And I keep dealing with you. And I keep dealing with you. And you keep disobeying me. And you keep walking away from me. And your children are paying a price, so to speak, because of disobedience. Now, you might think that's bad theology. The city of Nineveh would have never been, I don't want to say never, but possibly would have never been saved like it was and repented if Jonah wouldn't have decided that I am going to obey God. Come on, granddaddy, mom and dad, listen. It is very important that you walk in the will of, in the destiny, in the calling that God has for your life because it does affect your kids and it does affect your grandkids, and it can affect your great-grandkids. If we're walking and being obedient to God. The fourth one is, when I obey and listen to the will of God, I benefit from a revival starting in my heart. Jot this down. Where does revival begin? It first begins in the heart. Revival first began in Jonah's heart. Every revival begins in an individual's heart or a group of people who have made a decision that they're going to obey God and walk in the will of God. Revival happens when God's people obey. Don't miss this. Revival only began when Jonah made a decision to obey God. If we want a revival in our own heart, if we want a revival in this church, and we want a revival in our family, and we want a revival in our nation, we have got to walk in the commandments and the will and the destiny of what the Spirit of God is wrote in this book. We can't ignore the Bible. We can't ignore and walk in disobedience in our life to the Word of God and expect to be close to God. Some of you may be wondering this morning, why am I not close to God? I am praying. I am reading my Bible. I am listening to worship, and I'm spending time with God. But you know, Pastor, I still feel like that I'm not close to God. I feel like that I'm not drawing near to God. I'm spending more time praying. I'm spending more time reading my Bible. I'm spending more time worshiping. But I still feel like that I'm not close to God. Can I tell you, if God's been dealing with you about something in your life, and you keep being disobedient and not walking in the will and destiny that He has for you, and He keeps tapping you on the shoulder and speaking to you, and you just walk away from it, Disobedience will cause and push God further away from your life. Revival starts when we decide that we're going to be obedient and that we're going to repent. Obedience is a sparks, a revival. Is there something that God is asking you to do? Once again, is it something that God is asking? Is it somewhere that God is asking you to, to go and minister to somebody? Is it, do you need to forgive someone? 
Is it anything in your life? Let's do a life check. Let's do a heart check this morning. Because how many of you want revival in your life? How many of you want God to move in your life and bring revival in your life? Revival impacts everyone. It started with Jonah, but it didn't end there. And it never does. Whenever you live in God's will, revival comes into your life and it has a ripple effect. Never estimate how a personal revival in your own heart can impact people who you are around. Revival results in action. Think about it. Revival in Jonah's heart led him to spark a revival in Nineveh. And God literally changed the city. Revival starts in our heart. Revival can impact an entire nation. A revival can impact an entire country. Listen to Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10. When God saw what they had done in the city of Nineveh and how they had put a stop to their evil deeds, their wickedness, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction that he had threatened upon that nation. God showed them great mercy, love, and forgiveness and grace to a city that was full of wickedness. Revival means to restore back to life. It can, remain, it can mean a renewal of interest of spiritual neglect. Revival is not emotionalism, although it may be emotionalism manifested in some type of meaning, but revival is not an emotion. Let's say this out loud. We need a revival. Come on, let's say that out loud. We need a revival. Say, I need a revival in my heart. I need a revival right here. We need a revival to say in this city, we need a revival in our nation. God, revive us again. Where is our, this is my concern that I know for my own self, church. Lord, revive me again. Where is my deep concern? Listen, church. Where is my deep-hearted concern for lost people? Listen, Jesus is coming back soon. Where, where is my deep concern for lost people? Am, am I staying up at night? Am I waking up in the middle of the night? In the middle of the day, is it bothering me? Does it bother me out through the day that I've got lost family? Does it bother me? Because if it really don't bother me, I need a revival. The suffering people, the sick people, the depressed people, the hungry people... The torn people, when I see that in people's lives, can I just walk by them? Can I just ignore them? Can I just think only about my own life, my own career, my own money, me, 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 and forget about the torn, hungry, hurting, dying people that don't know Christ? And if that doesn't concern me, and that doesn't move me, and that doesn't change me, Kevin, you need a revival in your heart. Okay, I, I, I didn't get much response out of that. Okay, if there's not a fire burning in my heart, if, there, if I can just get up and come into the church and, and, and work at the church and work around the church and uh, be with my family and just Monday through Sunday just do kind of do my own thing,
my own things. Kevin, what is it? What's your own things? My need resides in our heart. Not only in our heart, that Psalms chapter 85 put it this way. Will you revive us again? God, revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. King David is crying out to God, God, we are desperate. Are we desperate for God? Am I desperate? Am I really Am I really desperate for God to change my heart? That's where King David was. Lord, you're going to have to you're going to have to revive me because I can't revive myself. I might be able to read my Bible a little bit more, and I might be able to pray a little bit more, and I might be able to fast a little more. But David knew that he couldn't do it on his own, and he's crying out to God, God, revive me. God, revive me, O Lord. Because God, if, if you don't revive me, my life is going to go in the opposite direction. Lord, if you don't revive me, I'm going to keep sliding down the hill. God, you're going to have to revive me. We need a personal revival. Look at, look at what David said in Psalms chapter 51 and verse 10. He said, God created me up. Lord, you're going to have to create in me a, a clean heart because, God, look at my heart. Lord, if you take a magnifying, spiritual magnifying glass, and Lord, you look deep down into the heart of Kevin, what do you see? Do you see any forgiveness? Do you see any lust? Do you see any pride? Do you see any jealousy? Do you see any envy? Do you see any gossip? What do you see in my heart, oh God? You take that spiritual magnifying glass and you put it over my heart. What do you see, God? God, what do you see? Because I'm going to have to cry out like David, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew. You're going to have to take all of that stuff out and renew a right spirit within me. Because I can't do it on my own. And that's where David was. And as I close, we need a revival in our church house. We've made the church house, so to speak, an entertainment place. God, we need a revival in our Sunday morning worship service. Because it's not about whoever preaches. It's not whoever does worship. Holy Spirit, we want you to fall. Holy Spirit, we want, we want you to come down. It doesn't matter how many lights we have, how many screens we have. It doesn't matter how good our video is. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. God, God, I, I, if your spirit doesn't come in and your spirit doesn't fall and your spirit doesn't touch me, then you know what we've done? Sister Tina, we've come to church 
We put our offering in the offering plate. We've heard worship, heard a sermon, and we walk out, out the door still hurting. We walk out the door, people walk out the door, people walk out the door still with the same pain they come in with. Now, I, I, love, I love sports. So actually, if, if all, Brother Wayne, if all I'm doing is just... Coming to the church and, and put my offering in, and I, I hear some worship music, and, 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 and I get up here to preach, and at church it's not moving my soul. Then, really, truthfully, for somebody that likes sports, I can go to a ball game and get more excitement, really, right? I mean, I mean, I can get more excitement taking a bunch of men. Let's go to the ball game, eat some hot dogs and M&Ms and get a drink and hit on each other and beat up each other each side of the head and laugh and tell some jokes and have a good time, right? Right? Can I have a good time doing that? Well, I don't need church for that. I, I, need, I need God's presence. I, I don't know about you, but I'm... I'm, I'm headed towards 60. I know I look like I'm 40, but but I'm headed towards I'm headed towards 60, and 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 I, I'm at the place in my life, church, where I've gotta listen. I've gotta have more of God in my life. All of this other stuff is fine, and I, I love that stuff. But but really, Monday morning, I need God. Even at church, listen, even at church, we can just make it a thing that we just do because it makes our, it makes our flesh just feel good, doesn't it? You, you're going to leave here this morning. And you're going to go home or go somewhere and get yourself something to eat. And in your own flesh, in your own flesh, you're going to just feel good probably because you went to church, right? I went to church, praise God. Check the mark, I went to church. I feel good because just my, my, just my flesh, I went to church. Just, if you just go to church, but I personally, just me, I want, Sister Tina, I've talked to you about this before, I, if I never preach again, if I never stand in another worship service, I have personally, in my own life, I have to put all this other stuff aside. And in my own life, I have got to have more of God. I can't do it anymore. I've tried it. I will just tell you, I've tried it all. From a year in my teens to running around, carrying on, that left me completely empty. To working for a couple big companies, and now it's a, I got, God's just blessed me with this church. So I can almost, I'm not a millionaire, if somebody wants to help with that, I will try that. But, but I'm telling you, there is nothing else in my life more, Pastor, than I need God. 
it all is just kind of, and I love my family, but it's all just kind of, little by little, just kind of fading away. I need him. We need, we need to get back. I know I closed 10 minutes ago, but we need to get back to a revival to this word of God. We are, we are, we are living in a generation now where we're not, and, and I talk, I'm, I would just say that even a lot of ministers, including myself, we we want to we want to bash a lot of things, but I heard a preacher. I heard no, it wasn't actually a preacher. It was a a, a congressman, I believe. I heard someone say, "We are just bashing and bashing on abortion and how bad abortion is, and it is. God in heaven knows. But what about these precious girls? That are we really telling them that them living?" And not with someone and not being married or doing things that that ends up in their life. Why ain't we loving on them like that? Why ain't we standing up and saying, this saith the Lord? I, I, I wrote this down and I promise we're going to quit right here. I was thinking about the young people. And I said, we sacrifice, listen, we sacrifice this. We sacrifice the souls of young people. These young people that are going to that, 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 that are going to high school and going to college, that's a precious generation. We sacrifice the souls of young adults and teens upon the altar of not wanting to hurt their feelings. Quote unquote Kevin Persinger. We sacrifice the souls of these precious young people and teens upon the altar of not wanting to hurt their feelings. I would much rather want to hurt their, I would much rather like to stand up here and tell them the gospel and pastor it hurt them their feelings and then come back to me ten late years later and say thank you pastor for telling me the truth because you kept me out of a lot of hell. We need a revival back to the Word of God. And lastly, we need a revival back in our nation. Amen. Let's stand. God, revive us again. Thank you for your presence this morning. God, we're going to take a moment and then we're, then we're going to leave. But I want us all to, I want us all 
it's going to be two things. I want us to look at our own heart. And then I, I want us to take just for a moment to look at the young generation. And I want us to pray a prayer for them that God will burst such a love for from us to them to impact their life. So first of all, Father, we're look deep into our heart right now. God, once Jonah looked at his heart, you used him in such a powerful way. God, Nineveh wasn't a small city. God, you used him to impact a, a big city because he first looked at his own heart. Revive us, oh God. Revive us. Take sin out of our life. Any rebellion, take it out of our life. Clean our heart. Bring God, bring revival in my heart. I want you more than ever, God, in my life. More than ever. I want you in my life. And then, God, I'm asking you to give us a, such a desire in love for that younger generation. That God, wherever you tell us to go, whatever you tell us to do, ever, however much money you tell us to put in as a church, to start reaching out to this younger generation, God, that we're obedient. And we hear your voice. And before we go, I want us to continually keep your, your head bowed and your eyes closed and I want us to sing this course before we close it. Before we close the prayer. all together. Lord, revive me again. 
put a deep, deep longing for the lost, for the hurting, and for the dying, and for the suffering, and for our younger generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.